0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of After Dark with Jay and the Real. I am Jay, your host, and tonight's guest is the amazing Nicolette Garabata. She is a sacred feminine embodiment coach, and she acts as a guide in helping women to cultivate more pleasure in their lives through sacred practices. She focuses on self love sensuality, relationship, intimacy and feminine expression. She offers one-on-one mentorship program and her application can be accessed on Instagram and I am very excited to welcome Nicolette to After Dark because we're going to be talking about some really yummy, juicy and important topics ranging from finding our sovereignty to healing codependency Uh, masculine and feminine polarities just to name a few and uh, also more specifically I'm very excited to talk about her sacred morning ritual and practices because that's where it all starts how we start our day how we what our intentions are when we start that walk when we wake up in the morning so Nicolette my sister welcome and thank you so much for coming on this evening Mm, I'm so happy to be here thank you so much uh, um,
1: it's so beautiful that we have stayed connected over over the years and, and how we met is it's just a beautiful story and I'm just so happy to be here and I love I love what you're doing um, and I'm just I'm happy to be here thank you
0: oh absolutely thank you um... Yeah, I'm really glad that we stayed connected and we met while doing this work and having our separate journeys while um, embodying that feminine power and energy within ourselves. And so I think that's a really beautiful place to start. Um, So I like to start by posing a question actually to my listeners so we can get more into this topic with you and I. And so the question that I'm throwing out there into the universe of of the beautiful ears that are listening to this conversation is, when was the last time that you gave yourself permission to explore your power? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that sovereignty actually mean? Because that's where it all starts. And I know that you have a lot of tools to help um, the divine feminine awaken that within them. So that question is posed for everyone. When was the last time you gave yourself your permission to explore your power? And I'd love for you to start. I think the beginning is a great place with your sacred practice and how you start your day. Mm, Yes, I love all of that. So juicy. Um,
1: It's been a journey. Um, You know, I never... I never had uh any sort of routine like uh any sort of like real discipline um my idea of sovereignty a long time ago was um just being able to do whatever i wanted and i and having and i thought that that was freedom and but i wasn't happy and so you know i think uh having a morning practice uh was really was really the game changer for me because um it's just uh having discipline is there is so much freedom and discipline. And that's something that I really learned, um, by gaining a morning practice. And we worked with, we both, both of us worked, um, I'll just say, explain how that got started. Both of us were in, um, a beautiful feminine embodiment container, um, on that healing journey with Rachel Rosito, uh, with evoke and, um, and I, you know, I saw my sister doing it first and I was like, wow, I, there's, I just saw a change in, in who she was. I just saw that she was finding some inner peace and I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll, she's meditating and and she started getting, getting, uh, into this morning practice. And, um, I think you've mentioned before, you've talked a little bit about like what ritual is and the difference between ritual and routine. Um, and so what I, what I really found was that, um, in evoking my feminine spirit, I was, um, I had to like seduce myself into a morning practice. So I, you know, I, I, that was for me, that was like my, um, my, like my, my feminine seducing my inner, like my, my inner masculine seducing my inner feminine and, you know, like masculine energy is just like discipline and, um, focus and consistency. And so like, that was, that was really for me, um, where I started learning how to balance those two energies. And so I disciplined myself into waking up every morning and um, creating a beautiful space, uh, my altar space, Jenny, you have an altar space. And I think I've seen it on, uh, on Instagram. Um, It's beautiful. And, and that was really uh, so really just like evoking, um, evoking the senses. So having morning practice means like having a nice little area that's just for ourselves, like giving us, giving ourselves permission to really, um, to really just, uh, create that beauty, something that really, uh, means something to us, like where we can cultivate our own essence before we start the day. Um, it's just so important. So, you know, s- sitting myself down and having some candles and incense things to evoke my senses and really just, uh, sitting in meditation, um, that has really changed, that has really changed my life. Um, um, I imagine you have a daily, you have a daily meditation practice as well.
0: I do. I do. And you know, it's interesting. I loved what you just said about your inner masculine seducing your feminine, because for so long, you know, and, and I want to break this down a little bit for those that don't understand a little bit of what we're speaking to. Um, but it was really hard for me for a little while to find that um, discipline for myself and the discipline, you know, because I think discipline and meditation and it and at first I'm like, no, they don't go together, you know. If one feels so hard and one feels so soft, or discipline and sacred practice, for many years I couldn't put the two together, and specifically because for me, I was more disciplined in the structure for my children and my household than I was for myself and so when you use the word seduce it put it totally gives a new feeling and a new essence and meaning to it because that you verbalized and articulated exactly what I needed to do and how I started for myself was seducing that energy, seducing myself to to nurture and self-care and take that pause. And for a lot of people, I know, you know, I speak for myself, but that transition time in the morning, I know it varies for people. It could be an hour if you can give an hour to yourself. It could be 20 minutes, it can be 10, but whatever it is, that transition time of, of Where you allow yourself to be and sit with yourself before you go out into the world and be around other people's energy and even other people, meaning just the people in your immediate environment in the next room when you wake up in the morning. It totally shifts the energy of your day. And it's so important. And you mentioned candles or incense. Um, For me, it's tea a lot of time. I love my coffee, but I like to have a little tea ceremony too. Um, But for some people that are not familiar with how and what a sacred practice or ritual is, it doesn't have to be those things if it doesn't resonate for you, but it's something, and I know you would agree, something that where you can kind of dedicate a space and sacred items that kind of bring you into that essence of that energy field so that you can sit with yourself for a little while. Would you agree? Oh yes,
1: absolutely. I think that you just summed that up so well. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like you know. I, I think Rachel, our uh, our friend Rachel, was was the one who first said this, and I, it really resonated with me. It Was like, you know, in order to go about in this world and have and be like that solid pillar of you know groundedness and centeredness, um, we have to cult. We have to have. We have to like. T- we have to c- touch. And we have to touch home with ourselves first, and that—that that is the most important part of the of the morning practice. And, and I remember Rachel says it was, you know, if we want to be, you know, like a tall, strong tree, we have to grow roots into the ground. And for me, that is. And like you mentioned, drinking some tea, um, meditation, like those are very, those are such grounding, uh, practices. And without that, I feel like a tree that's just, you know, the wind blows and I'm kind of like, you know, swaying all over the place and, um, I'm just moved by other people's energies. And I can feel such a difference when I, when I don't, when I, uh, on days where like, you know, something, something so usually it's rare usually, but when it happens, um, and I, and I don't get into my morning practice, I can really feel it. And I, I, really like what you said about, you know, having other people's energies and especially if you're an empath, you know, and, and you become more of an empath as you do this work, you know, as you start to soften, um, you become more sensitive to other people's energies. And,
0: um, and so
1: it is really, really important that we, that we ground and, um, really just get in touch with our own, our, uh, you know, our own hearts and our bodies and something that I love to do during, um, my morning practice is like put my hand on my heart and, and um and that's I also like drinking cacao, like some heart opening cacao sometimes and I know you said you drink some tea or coffee, um, and yeah and that just makes it makes all the difference and um, you were you were uh, touching on uh, the the art of like seducing yourself like three like through to to, um to state to stick with these practices and um and part of that for me is like sometimes I'll put on like a like a really, like a, an outfit that's just like really soft or it just feels, I feel good in it. And, and, uh, you know, and I have like a little mirror and I, and I just feel, um, um, and I just want to like touch my body and I rub my body down with oils and, uh, I massage. And I think each part of my body and it's really amazing. Just what, what's just even a little bit of self-love, like you said, it could be 10 minutes. It can be, Um, you know, it can be 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you can manage. And, um, it just, mm, it's such a yummy part of my day. It's my favorite, it's my favorite part. So,
0: Mm. um, I love that you were talking about oil, you know, and, and and Mm. rubbing your body with oil because it's interesting how sometimes, and I love massages and I love when I have the touch, um. From someone else's hands, especially if it's the right energy and you're and you're being touched the right way, it's very different. Um, but when you take a minute to sit back, I, whether you're you know a woman or a man, but I speak obviously because I'm a woman. There's there's this feeling, right? You ever get that feeling when you're like, oh, I need to, I need my hand massage, or I need my foot massage, or I need something massaged, and you do it yourself. And you're like, ah, it just doesn't feel as satisfying, right? For, if, like for a moment, it's like, it doesn't feel that satisfying. Like I need someone else to do it. And yes, in part, because you are giving yourself that energy when really you don't want to have to have that energy output. You want to kind of harness your energy and let somebody else give that energy output to give to you. But what I want, the reason why I mention that is what I want to stress. And it's it's something important to think about is If you are able to lean in for just a moment and let's just say rub your own foot and say thank you to your feet for carrying you throughout the day, for carrying the weight, the burdens, all of the feelings. And if you're able to really just sit with yourself for a moment, allow that time and space because no one knows how to touch you better than yourself. You know The kind of self love and self care and self nurture that you need. It's your body. So I'm not saying that receiving that from someone else isn't super powerful and doesn't feel super relaxing, but there is a little piece of sacredness and a sacred part of the ritual where if you can give back to yourself, it all goes back to self love, to being able to really sit with yourself and listen to your body listen to how she speaks to you, listen to what she needs and what she's telling you to be that in touch with yourself. And that's kind of where the sovereignty comes in of of that power to tap into that power that's sourced within you, that connection within yourself and to yourself that's sourced from your own connection to your body and to the earth into to your heart and to all things is such a powerful sacred practice. And I just wanted to add that in um, as, as part of something for people to either tap into or learn more about themselves. Mm,
1: yes, I love what you just said. Um, all of that that it's so true and, and what you were what you're saying about um, how that is that is the definite, that is how we self-source our own, um, love and, and that is how we, um, we become more sovereign, right? Because it does feel nice to, to receive from others. And I think that, um, but, but what I think is the, is so great about what, when we are able to do that for ourselves is that we're able to allow others to do that for us as well. I think when we, you know, it's, 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 it's true. when they say, like, when you uh, cultivate that relationship with yourself, you're, um, you know, being more receptive to your own touch, right? That's where you, um, you're able to go deeper and be more intimate with other people. You know, I, I see it, I see it so often where I, you know, a lot of women tell me that they, they struggle with like opening up to a man and, and being fully receptive. And I can feel there's, there's some sort of like closed, uh, feeling feeling of feeling closed off. And and I'm like, well, do you have like a, any sort of like self-love practice? Because if you're not even okay with your own touch, you know, when somebody else does it for you, it's just going to feel foreign and it feels, um, it, it might not feel as, you just might not be as receptive to it.
0: It's hard so, to lean into. Yeah. It's hard to surrender. It's hard to receive. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to actually receive, especially women, because we're so used to by nature, just the nature of our, you know, polarity is just to be givers, to be nurturers, and then to receive that almost sometimes feels foreign unless you're truly connected to yourself.
1: Right, right, exactly. Um, That's so true. You know, when, uh, and 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 I, and I love, and I, and I, and I, when I see women, you know, especially mothers like you and you're, you're such good moms and you're, and you're always, you know, your heart is just like, it's just so big and you're always giving so much, you know, for your children and for your families, your husbands. And, and so receiving really is an art and it, it it's like a practice, right? So um, yeah, really learning how to surrender to that is is such a, uh, an important part of of the journey and in evoking like the feminine spirit is is being able to re- surrender and receive. And for a long time, that was, for me, that was hard because I really just didn't see, I didn't see the significance in it because I never knew, I'd never had contrast. I never knew the difference um, in how it felt. And, um, and yeah, just like softening to myself was really just such a beautiful um, unfolding. Um,
0: was there yeah. a specific, I mean, I know a little bit of your story, so you can share as little or as much as you'd like, but was there a point in time where that contrast became very apparent to you? Was there a point in time where you said, there's a shift that I need to make in my life? Oh, yeah. Huh. The dark night of the soul, that was um,
1: definitely what led me to um, to find these practices and to even just bec- become a part of this world. Um, you know, in spirituality. And, um, and for me, spirituality, it really just boils down to like the commitment to evolving evolution. And so, yeah, it was, it started off, uh, you know, I was had a, a, a pretty tumultuous past, you know, I, um, I had, I was, I dealt with some childhood trauma from my father and there was a point in time where, um, I was, I think in my, this was about three years ago. I. I moved to Austin and you know, this, it was like, a, I knew my soul needed to be somewhere else besides Chicago where I grew up and, and I decided to spread my wings and I came to Austin, Texas. And, you know, I was, I was drinking a lot. I was partying. I was on bumble. I was just kind of doing whatever I wanted. And, um, um, but I wasn't feeling fully f- very filled. Um, and, it was about four months after I moved here and, and, um, my sister, uh, she had joined evoke. And like I said, I I saw her, I saw her, the changes in her demeanor and, um, just in her overall being, she was, she seemed so much more peaceful. And, and so I decided to start meditating and that was the first day where I really felt, uh, the contrast that you're talking about where it was like that aha moment. And I was like, Oh, this is what it's, this is what, life is, this is what I'm supposed to feel like. This is, um, but you know, and it's all, you know, you hear about meditation, you hear about all these things and it's all just a, a, a nice concept, right? It sounds great. You're like, wow, well, that sounds good, but nobody, you don't really think about committing to it until, um, until I think your soul is just ready. Um, mm. right. And, and that looks different for everybody. And so I meditated for the first time uh, three years ago and and I, I went for like two hours and it was, uh, it just, it was like my soul just was waiting for it and it was ready. Um, and I, I remember I came out of the meditation I never felt that way. I'd never felt this overwhelming sense of inner peace and calmness. I, was, I always had some sort of anxiety. And I remember it was like the calm before the storm. I felt great, but something was brewing and I didn't know what it was. Um, And I was putting some dishes away and I just fell into my kitchen floor and I started crying. And, uh, and it was just flashes of like my past, my, you know, all of the things that had happened, um, with my father and, and just, uh, as a child. And so, uh, and it was like, and it was good things. And it was, it was, you know, not favorable experiences, but everything was kind of flashing before my, 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 my eyes. And, and it was just such an emotional release. You know, there's so much. And I, I just want, I, I love sharing this for anyone who can, who is listening. Um, you know, we have so much of our emotion from our past, our experiences that we store that are stored in our bodies. And when we don't take a moment, you'd be surprised how many people will never actually take a moment to just pause and sit with yourself and meditate and let yourself, um, you know, get just quiet the mind and let whatever needs to surface, surface. And so for me, that was where it was, I really was like, ah, okay, this is, there's, there's, there's actually something to this. And for me, that's where like, I was, you know, meditation just came, it came easier and, and having a morning practice for me, it just felt so good. Um, the contrast felt so good that I, I stuck to it and I'm so happy that I did and I'm grateful um, hmm. that I, that I found Rachel and, and all of you, all of my sisters, you included um, that really
0: also was where
1: uh, I saw a lot of conscious a lot of conscious in different areas of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, they probably became very apparent and having that um, conscious community, you know that I like to refer to a lot when I speak on after dark. it's like the importance of conscious community when you're you know tapping into these places and it doesn't just have to be the, Darker spaces, you know, it's, it's any of the spaces, right? Um, mm. Because we're in a world where there's so much being thrown at us all the time. It's very different from when you and I grew up just that alone. And that wasn't a very long time ago. And you look at all these generations, and, you know, we didn't have the social medias back then. We didn't have the access to everything that infiltrates our minds. There are things that we can't unsee or unhear. And I think about the younger ones, there are things they can't unsee and unhear. And it's very difficult for me, you know, to protect them from those wounds, right? They're not just the, just the wounds. And I'm not going to say just the wounds and minimize them. But sometimes if you look back, you know, I was playing in the dirt all day, you know, riding bikes, whatever the thing was, mom says, come home for dinner. Now kids are just on their phones in school, talking to their friends all the time, looking at videos. You can't, there's no way to control it. There's no way to control the trauma that can actually happen outside of just the home itself, you know? Um, and so having these sacred practices are so important because like you said, you know, there comes a moment where you have that contrast that becomes so apparent. And that's the moment where you have to accept and integrate, um, all of the things and, and then make a conscious decision about your vulnerability, who you wanna be, where you wanna go, how you wanna feel. And so I think this is a really good segue into actually some of the other things that I know are important to you. Um, I, I wanna start it off by, by saying that um, there's a, there was this quote I read, it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she said, the reason women are critiqued for being too loud or too meek, too big, or too small, too smart, um, attractive, or, or just all of the things is to belittle women out of standing up. You know, mm. to, 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 The goal is to critique us into submission. Mm. And that, mm-hmm. that applies to anyone challenging power. And so when mm. we talk about sacred sovereignty and what that means, to really tap into our power and then all of the embodiment practices to be able to tap into that power that's sourced within, that's that's kind of the tipping point in a very brief way. You know, she talks about too big, too small, too smart, too beautiful. It's all to, to suppress our power and all of these embodiment practices that you're talking about is so that we can tap more into them and awaken them, Right. To evoke uh, them, so to speak.
1: Oh, yes, this it's so true. That is, uh, yeah. I mean, women, um, like what you're saying about um, the oppression. You know, the, the oppression of like being in your fullest expression. Because to me, that you know, being evoking um, your feminine, your feminine spirit, and is is just embodying your fullest expression, and if, and and really like. Um, bold and and on you know unafraid to to speak your truth and exercising your voice and and you're you're right it's hard because there's been so much conditioning and uh you know be a be the good girl and you know be speak quietly and you know don't be too much but don't be too little and 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 you know and then there's the, the we talked about the witch wound before and uh, i think we talked about it in evoke you know there's just so much history uh where you know and it's it that lies in your DNA, right? That sort of trauma, um, you know, women were, you know, who were considered witches, which really was just, they were just medicine women. Um, they were healers and men, you know, the patriarchy was afraid of their power. And I think that's where that comes in that, that oppression is really the fear of the, the true power of the, the feminine, the divine feminine. Um, because when she's in her power, she's unstoppable. And so, You know, we, we, we work on healing the witch wound when, and healing through our, our ancestors, you know, our, um, our family traumas when we start doing this work on ourselves and, and, you know, cultivating these embodiment practices is, is such a game changer. Um, and part of that for, you know, for me was dancing, like really getting in touch with all of my senses, like slowing down and learning how to, um, you know, uh, slow down and enjoy and find more pleasure. And just like the mundane things like doing the dishes or eating a piece of fruit and really just like tasting and like, you know, being so present with whatever we're doing. Um, you know, and, and part of like, so, you know, finding the, the confidence to, to speak our truth is, is really just practicing, like where, like looking at ourselves and just finding radical acceptance in um, in our expression and who we are. And a lot of, you know, there, there are so many ways to do that. We, I, you know, for me, it was like, you know, sometimes I'll do like a journaling practice. And a lot of this is where we get into like some shadow work where we look at the parts of ourselves that were like, you know, we don't want to look at, or we're, we've been shamed for, you know, um, we're too loud or, or too, too, too quiet. And, and really just like looking at these parts of ourselves with with uh, a different mindset and, and with so much more like love and compassion. Um, and you know, a practice that I really love to do is an an embodiment practice is like, you know, having a night where you just like have a date night for yourself and you're, you know, you have, I have like a, you know, I'll I'll set things up and, and have like, you know, like as if I'm inviting a lover over and, um, and then like being in the mirror looking in the mirror and this is such a beautiful practice like doing like the body massage that you were talking about like with oil and and looking in the mirror and and just putting your placing our hands on our bodies has such like a powerful effect and really just giving ourselves that that let love like you know is the parts that are the hardest to love just putting our hands on our on our bodies and 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 it's a practice you know and this kind of stuff can feel uncomfortable at first Um, But you really just learn how to, uh, you get, you, you, you lean in and, and you realize that like you, you have you, you know, and, and so I love, I love having these practices where I just like, I put like my hands on my body and I just love on her and I look at the parts of myself that I don't, you know, that I'm are unfavorable and I just pour more love into that space.
0: Isn't it interesting how we view ourselves, you know, with such a critical eye, you know, you, you talked about the witch wound and um, there's such a big witch wound and mother wound, the daughter wound, you know, there's lots of wounds. And I think something that we intrinsically know exists, but rarely talk about, right. We talk about healing those wounds is we really talk about the sister wound right like what that even means you know we talk about this power and the sovereignty and and all these practices to heal ourselves right to heal the relationship with ourselves but there's so much of a healing relationship that we actually have to have with other women as well mm. because there's this these wounds that we don't um the, the wounds where we project all of our uh, unwanted shame or Anger, um, guilt—all of the things that aren't so pretty—we project them, and sometimes we project them onto other women. Huh. And yeah, and it's like this this sisterhood wound that exists that is always somehow there, you know. And nobody really talks about it, but you try and integrate it together. And you're trying to integrate those spaces for yourself, but it's rarely talked about integrating and healing those spaces um, for one another, with one another. Um, and so I think it's important that when doing this work, you know, that there's a place of healing that that not only happens within the woman that you are, but it also helps to heal the women around you and the healing between the women. Um, You know, it's interesting. Somebody said to me not too long ago, I think somebody actually asked me a question. I'm totally going to butcher it, but basically uh, it was about beauty and makeup and all the things, right? It was part of a sacred practice uh, conversation, but I think it was more beauty geared. And they said, why do you put on makeup? Is it for you? or is it for the other women? And Mm. I, I was really confused for a minute. And I was like, is it for me or for the other women? And I was like, you mean for the men? Like, is it for me or for the men? Like when I go out into the world, is it for me or for the men? And he said, no, is it for the women?" And I yeah. said, I'm not, I said, I'm not, I don't, I don't really understand. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm not, I love women. And I think they're sexy, sacred, and beautiful. I said, but I'm not a lesbian. So I'm not, it's why women? Why are you saying that to me? Mm. And, and it's funny. you let me sit in that for a minute. And it was totally intentional. He said, because women go out, they dress up, they put their makeup on, they adorn themselves in whatever fashion that they do. For the other women, because they're very concerned about how they're going to be viewed and or accepted by the other women, it's always the sisterhood wound that plays a role. And I was like, "Oh my God, how did I miss that?" But it was it was the first time that I was able to really perceive and see that. Now I'm not saying for everyone that happens, but it was so rooted, so deep in the sister wound, and now. I start to see it a lot more because it was pointed out to me. It's like when you buy a car, and then all of a sudden you start seeing that car. So it was incredible when he said that to me, and I just I wanted to share that with you and see if that resonated, see if that makes sense too for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it makes sense, and and I've heard somebody say the same thing to me. I mean, I've heard that multiple times, where it's like, are where somebody's even asked me like the same question, are you wearing makeup for other women? Or are you wearing it for men? And it's interesting when we, cause we don't, and something that I, I've been doing, I do a lot is I'm just like, I think about what is the intention behind whatever I'm about to do or about to say. And, and yeah. And I have thought about that before, like before I put on my makeup, I'm like, what's the intention behind this? You know, like really feeling into that. And, um, and I guess, it, it, for me, it's, I I, I do it, I, I guess I feel good when I, like, adorn myself, because when I didn't really do, when I wasn't really doing any of this kind of work, or, like, any sort of self-love practice, I was, I really noticed that I was, um, I didn't really adorn myself, I kind of was wearing sweats with my hair on top of my head, and and if that's what you want to do, and, and you, and you love the way you feel when you do that, I think that's perfectly fine, but for me, like, how I show up is like when I'm feeling better, I start taking, um, like I start to like, you know, p- put on some makeup, you know, it's for certain things. And I, I put cute, you know, put cute jewelry on and, and clothes and maybe it's part of like my personality type. There's an aesthetic thing that I, I'm really pleased by even in my home. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, but there is a part of us that actually kind of does do it for other women like you know and and I've seen it go a few different ways you know you can tell when there's more of like a competitive edge behind it or some sort of like wanting to make someone feel a certain way but there's also like just wanting to feel accepted right Mm -hmm. like and that's part of like being human I think that's like a maybe that's like a like a of an, an evolutionary thing like being accepted by your tribe right so that you're not shunned or or um it's just a, it's a way that you, I guess, would see that you're connecting with, with other women. And when I see a woman out and she's adorned, I'm like, girl, thank you. Like you look so, you just look so cute. You look so good. And I, and I love to show the appreciation and it's almost like a little bit of a, like a little bonding kind of experience. i that's how I feel about it. But I'm curious to know how, how you sat, what came up for you when you sat with it.
0: Well, it's interesting when I, when I sat with that, it was, it felt so foreign to me because I'm very much like-minded in the sense, you know, like you, where anything I do, um, I do with intention down to the littlest thing. And I really try to have a very expanded state of awareness. Like, you know, why am I putting this makeup on right now? Or why am I choosing to wear this? And and I'm talking about these things because we're these spiritual, beautiful, energetic forms that are in these sacred vessels, these containers. And so how do we play as human beings as we pick all of the wonderful adornments, whatever they are, makeup, jewelry, clothes, whatever the things are, colors, that's how we show up, right? That's how we um, color our world, so to speak. Mm. And so, yeah, like for me, I was shocked by the question. I didn't understand it. Um, but then I understood it very quickly and it's essentially the, the same essence where, you know, you've seen, uh, I'm sure in a group of women where there's one person that will look at another woman, like, "Mm -hmm," you know, Mm -hmm. like just up and down, not saying anything. And you're like, why are they looking this way? Like, is there something wrong with what I'm wearing or what I'm doing? And it's a very, like, like almost like, you know, who do you think you are showing up this big, beautiful and bad in a room? Right. And there's that energy. And then there's the energy that you just talked about, which is like, you see a woman, you're just like, you look beautiful. Like you, you're, I love your whatever it is, or, you know, you're, you're glowing today. Like to be able to compliment another woman is there's such great power in, in giving that Um that compliment, and you receive so much from it too. There is, there's that bond you're talking about, that that little bond, that little spark that happens because I think that sisterhood, the sisterhood wound runs so deep that when you just find that minute to give nurture in whatever form, it's felt by both parties. And that's kind of you know how I experienced it and kind of what you said brought up for me. Oh, I love what you just said
1: about how that is a form of nurture. And it really is like, you're, we're, we're building each other up, you know, like that's, and that is how we start to heal that sister room because it's so, and it's, it's, there's a part there's, you know, we bring compassion to the parts of ourselves that would, we see another woman who's standing in her power and she's, you know, she's wearing whatever she wants and she's doing it because you can tell she wants, she's just doing it because she feels good and she, and she looks good. And, and so it's, it's, it's it's a really it's you know it's common to to feel that way to get triggered by somebody who's standing in their power that way um but it's also such a great it's such a great lesson it's such a great way to be like oh okay so why do i feel that you know um why am i feeling that way and then getting curious and and the more we do that the more self awareness we bring to that um the more we're able to like heal that part and and see that whatever you're seeing in somebody else is already within you you know, um, there was a, a girl, there was a, um, a, 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 a lady that came up to me the other day and she's like, you know, I, I see, I see you like when you walk into like, when you walk into a room, you're dancing and it's and I see that and it's like, oh my God, she, it's, it's really just like being me feel like express being in my full expression. And she was like, I, I, I want that. And I, I don't, I just don't think that I could I can do, I was like, and I looked at her and I was like, she's like, you're such a free spirit. And I looked at her and I was like, you are that free spirit that isn't there? And she was like, no, 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 I, I, I'm too analytical. i it, you, you know, and, and that's so common. Like a lot of women are in their heads and, and, um, and so it's, it's so, it's so great when you start to, when you do that, you're like allowing, you're giving permission to the women around you to also be like, oh, I, I got that too. You know? Um,
0: yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know, we've used, the word permission a couple of times in this conversation and it's used a lot, you know, I mean, think about it. You're a child. We have to ask permission for certain things at work. You have to ask permission for certain things. But when you're talking about like other women, we're like, we give other women permission to tap into that power, to be able to feel themselves. It's like, wow, like permission. Like we, Mm -hmm. we, by lending that nurture for a moment or by being that conscious community or having that conscious tribe where we're lending another woman permission to be herself. And that alone speaks about how deeply rooted, you know, that, that loss of power has really been for, you know, since the time before time for us. And so I'm just really glad that there are women um, that embody your energy and that you are someone who helps other women to cultivate their confidence and that helps guide them on their journey of realizing their um, self-worth and importance of um, self-care and to be able to really tap into their feminine aspects and work on their relationships and understand, you know, the masculine polarity and their dynamic. And because we all have feminine and masculine within us. And so how do we navigate relationships and, and all of the things. So I just wanted to give you a minute to kind of, I know you work with women and you have sacred embodiment practices, just kind of give us a, you know, a quick little low down on exactly what you do and how we can continue this, this dialogue offline and where people can reach you. Mm, okay. Well, thank you very much for, um,
1: for your kind words. I, um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, wow, well, where to where even start with like embodiment practices. Um, okay. So for me, um, I think before, you know, we get to the, the space where we are really in touch with our sexuality and our sensuality and, um, really in tune with ourselves. Um, it's such an, a, a, big part of that is not bypassing and not skipping over the, the, what we, what you, what you call like the shadow work, right. Which is kind of like the, a buzzword that's going around and, um, but it's it is such an important part of that because I don't think you know I, I think I've, I've had a lot of a few women that come to me and they're like I want to get I want to be here I want to manifest this I want to feel this I want to do these things and I want to be this way but then I'm like okay let's I, that's a great start let's look at some let's look at the let's look at the parts that are hard to look at first and that's where a lot of people kind of like you know some people will fall off and they're just like they don't they don't think that they don't know the importance of that. But, um, so a lot, a lot of the embodiment practices that I've done, um, and that I do are, are, um, it's really like shadow work and, uh, like inner child healing. And really, you know, you touched on, uh, you know, you brought up relationships and really like, um, looking at, looking within and finding, where like what our attachment styles are why how we're showing up um in the world and and how we relate to other people and the type of people that we're allowing into our lives and relationships and you know where our boundaries lie with that and how, how so many of us struggle with those with boundaries um and so uh and and really uh seeing ourselves with more compassion by by viewing ourselves as like you know these shadowy parts are like your inner child. That is just, it's just seeing yourself in a different light where you're like, Oh, um, you know, that part of me is just the little girl that didn't receive the love or the affection, the attention that, um, from our parents, our caregivers. Um, so a a lot of the embodiment practices like shadow work and really dancing with that shadow and how we can, um, use our inner polarities, like the masculine energy and the feminine energy to heal those parts of ourselves and to really learn how to dance with our shadows, um, uh, in a way that feels good. And, and some, and so, um, so there's that, that piece. And, um, and then I do a lot of like feminine embodiment practices really like, um, sparking my, you know, my feminine spirit by, like, uh, dancing and creating art, um, so much of this journey has been, like, really finding my creativity, and that, for me, is how I, like, how I get to channel, like, my feminine energy and my, even my sexual energy, right, um, and and that all just comes back to, like, you know, you're finding your sovereignty, and um,
0: so, yeah. So you have, yeah, you have you have a one on one mentorship program where you have an application, I believe, on Instagram um, for women who are kind of looking to go down this path and take this journey can kind of answer some questions and kind of give you a little idea of what who they are and what they're looking for. Yes, that's um, you can find that link, uh, in my
1: uh, the link in my bio on Instagram on Nicolette, Nicolette, M.G., Um And yeah, and it's a, it would be a, it's a three month program and it's really for the woman who is, um, she wants more out of life. She wants to be able to self-source her own pleasure and, um, and her own, uh, confidence and she's really ready to like dive deep. You know, this work is, it's transformative and it's deep. So it's, it's for the woman who's really ready to embark on that journey Uh, with a really open mind and an open spirit. Um, Mm. So yeah, so right now I have one-on-one mentorships available and within the next, um, within the next month or two, there will be a group program that will be, it's in the works. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think there's something really special about having a sisterhood. Um, Although one-on-one mentorship is, is, is great too. That's where we.
0: No, I think it's, I think it's wonderful, you know, to have the one-on-one mentorship is amazing going down that, you know, that journey and sharing it with someone and then having, you know, and then you open it up and having that conscious tribe of women that are there and we're all going through our unique individual journeys, but yet we're there to support one another along the way, I think is amazing. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah,
1: Mm, it's, it's such a beautiful journey. It's really, um, and it, it's it's if it's some if it's for people who uh, you know, for women who feel that sisterhood wound, it's such a beautiful and, and, and the thought of that might be uncomfortable, like sharing your vulnerability and showing up and doing that work with your sisters. Um, it, you know, there's that's just like something to like lean into, you know, that's that's your sign that like this is this is the work that needs to be done. Um and so uh yeah, there's something just just so beautiful about having a tribe of women and and it has like it has transformed my life. And it's interesting because when you start to do that, you'll start to see more of these people in your reality, right? Like more women who are meeting you, who are able to meet you with compassion and um, and an open heart and, and they're they're there to build you up. And so it's just such important work for ourselves and for the collective for the feminine collective.
0: Mm, yeah. You know, once once we are able to get to that deep inner place of cultivating self love and self nurture. You know, once we're able to truly understand ourselves, then we can further explore and begin to understand um, the polarity in our relationships. And I mean relationships as in how we are in relation to the world, not just yes. romantically, to everyone. So we're in relation to everyone in our lives. And so, I know a lot of people kind of just skip. They want to skip, right? They want to go around. They want to jump over it. They want to go under it. And it's like, no, I want to get to this part of my journey. You know, how do I, you know, show up in in a more wholesome way within the dating world? Or how do I, you know, heal after breakup? Or how do I get, you know, around my past? And the thing is, is you can't. You can't do it without cultivating that that space of self-love and self-nurture and really understanding yourself. And then... And only then can you really then be um, in a place to identify and truly um, be a part of other relationships in a much more wholesome uh, way. And mm. so, you know, I'm really, I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing to, you know, help women identify those attachment styles and help people through, you know, healing after certain traumas and that shadow work, that's, that's my jam. That's (laughs) a lot of the work that I do. And it's really deep and uncomfortable, um, for a lot of people. And even still, right. Just because we're teachers of of the shadow work doesn't mean that we aren't doing the shadow dance. I mean, that's the only way to be someone that can teach that um, is continuously dancing with your shadow. And I'm just going to put this out there for anyone listening that if you think there's going to come a day where it's like, nope, my shadow work is done. My shadow dance is over. You may have danced for a while, but it's it's an eternal, beautiful dance. And it doesn't have to be that uncomfortable all the time but we're always growing, we're always evolving and we're always expanding. And so if you can get to that place with your self-love and self-care where you can dance with your shadow in a way that is just so lovely and graceful, you'll be better for it, I promise. Oh,
1: yes. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, it's so true. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. And you know, the more we do it, the more you do it, the, you know the better you are at navigate, navigating it and when those when those times come where you're in a breakup and you're in like throes of it and you're like oh god it's like the, it's like you know it hurts so much and you're able to just navigate it in such a a softer way and 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 it, it's just and then you're able to like you know you're able to withstand the storm and and you'll see like better relationships being reflected in your life and it's just such a beautiful beautiful
0: experience and the dance is never
1: over. So mm. <laughs> I love what you said. I love that.
0: Well, yeah, well, it's it's a good way to end. The dance is eternal. And yes. so thank you for giving us the two most valuable things. I always say your time and your energy. and I really look forward to continuing this offline. And I really, I really urge women um, to explore and to make contact with you in any way that they can. Um, so thank you again, Nicolette. It's been a pleasure and an honor and, um, we'll speak soon.
1: Oh, it's been such an honor. Thank you so much. My heart feels so full and I just, I love getting to chat with you and this just felt so easy. And, um, yeah, I'm, I honor you and I deep bow to you. Thank you for having me here. And, um, yeah, for sharing share your wisdom too, right? Like you are a mirror and, um, and you hold so much of that deep wisdom. and I've always I thought that from the moment that I saw you and you started talking. Um, so thank you for the work that you're doing in this world. I'm sending you my love. Oh, thank
0: you. Thank you for your sweet words. Um, all right, guys, that's a wrap. So I'm going to call it an evening and thank everyone again for tuning in to after Dark. Thank you for listening and sharing your space with us. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week on another episode of After Dark with Jay and The Real. I wish all of you a wonderful evening. Good night. Mm.